Hey, hey, good people, what's going on? This is Kyle Means, editorial director, WeAreGoRadio.com, and we are back in the swing of things with the All 32 podcast and the Bear Necessities podcast. We're giving you a two for this time, man. Uh, two for one. You want to call it maybe a, you know, just a, just a, a, a double, a double quarter pounder type deal. I don't know. It's, it's just a, a no, we're playing two, as, as Ernie Banks said, you know, uh, famously, but, you know, just a, a, a little deviation from the norm this week because, uh, you know, this is a, this is a wild, unique week if you follow. Uh, com. If you follow me personally, you know, I was doing a lot of running around with, with my man Scoop B this week. He was uh, in Chicago, and whenever he's in Chicago, I got to hold him down. So I was running around with him and didn't have the time normally that I would have early in the week to uh, sit with Ryan and uh, record the R32. So that sort of fell back. But uh, as we sit here Thursday, you know we're doing uh we're doing a, a different version of all 32 we'll get into, into that in a minute and uh towards the end we'll uh hit you with more of our bears coverage of course uh the type of stuff that you would normally hear with uh all, with our uh, bear necessities and um yeah so you know as it is with both of those shows i'm joined by the one and only ryan bukovetsky our uh, Bears and NFL analysts for WeAreRegalRadio.com. Ryan, how you doing, man? You got to you got to sit in the in the co-host seat yourself this week for Dia Davis. So it's a pretty interesting been a pretty interesting week for both of us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun hosting with D. Definitely haven't done that in a hot minute, so that was definitely uh, a nice change of pace, and we had the. Uh, a lot of fun breaking down the horribleness of Chicago, essentially talking about the Bulls, talking about the Bears, and not a lot of not a lot of good stuff. Kyle. It's, it might be a really cold winter this year. Yeah, it might be the coldest winter to quote Sister Soldier, but uh, <laughs> for different reasons there. But yeah, it's 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 really not looking good. You know, we've been hearing, you know, you can hear it on all sides of town on all. You know, platforms, you know, radio, TV, you know, our, our big homie Lawrence Holmes was sort of getting into it quite a bit this week. Like, this is just not a really good time in Chicago sports right now. When you look at the three active teams, you know, they're all the, the, the Bulls, the Bears, and the Hawks, they're all dealing with bad records, bad outlooks, bad presence. You know, and and there it seems to be a lot of lack of leadership too. When you look at, you know, uh, the coaches and everything, and and even the players to a degree. And uh, you know, I think that you know, we as from what we've been talking with the Bears, that's definitely been the case. And you know, we'll get into that later. We'll get into some of that later with the Bears and some of the wild stuff that Mitch in particular has been saying this week about not wanting to watch TV and stuff. You know, I don't. I don't know why he thinks that's going to be an answer to anything, but, but, uh, you know, before, you know, we, we get to mostly deal with the rest of the league here. You know, we'll do that stuff first, thankfully. 
And, um, you know, because of the timing this week with all 32, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to do a little different this week. Uh, we're going to go over each division and everything, give you the scores from week nine, but we're going to sort of, you know, gloss over week nine, more or less. I, I think this is not a bad week to gloss over because it wasn't too much of a revealing week, I would say. Like it was, a, it was a cool week. There was some good games, definitely. But I think the, I would say the most important thing that came out of Week Nine was, uh, you know, the, the really was Baltimore establishing itself as a as a true competitor in the AFC. They knock off, uh, you know, they knock off the Patriots big time, thirty seven twenty on Sunday night, and uh, in the Patriots' hope of a. a undefeated regular season not they probably wasn't hoping for that but you know but they were in the running for that after eight weeks but you know just a very impressive performance there by Lamar Jackson and the crew there in Baltimore and you know with them at six and two you know they uh definitely are setting themselves up to be uh you know maybe even in, in contention for a home field advantage in the AFC when it comes down to it and they have the advantage now over uh the Patriots which is big but uh, like I like I said, we're gonna go over each. We're gonna go over the games from week nine, go over through the divisions like we do. But we're we're, got, we're gonna more uh, project into week ten because week ten is pretty much said you know starting tonight uh, with the uh, with the AFC West battle, the the uh, Oakland and San Diego. We'll talk about that a little bit, and um, you know we'll we'll give you our our. You know the games that we're looking most forward to this week, and our dog games. I would say <laughs> from each division, what games you may want to stay away from. Uh, you know this week if you if you have a chance. But uh, yeah, starting off though with week nine, and let, let's look at like I said, the, you had the score there. Let's start in the AFC East with that Patriots team. You know they take that first L. You know, uh, pretty like I say, pretty stunning effort. It took. You know, uh, the Baltimore scores the first 17 points of the game. They had let up a little bit towards the halftime, the end of the second quarter. But it looked uh, – but they, they were able to, sh- you know, come back a bit in the third. They had a big interception return for a touchdown there. And, you know, they were able to hold off uh, New England overall there and, you know, like I say, make a big statement win there. And when you look at the rest of the AFC East – you had the Bills with a win uh, over Washington, 24-9. The Jets and the Dolphins rounded out the action in the division. Just, uh, you know, I think, what do you call it when the Dolphins and Washington played a couple weeks ago, the, the Ugly Bowl or whatever? It was. Yeah, last place bowl, the Ugly Bowl, <laughs> yeah. uh, who cares bowl. You can put in a lot of different negative adjectives there. Yeah, it's, this was another one of those, and the Dolphins uh, actually uh, got the better of things in this one, 26-18 over the Jets. But, um, like I said, the big story, of course, was the Patriots losing for the first time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on that right quick, Ryan. What did you think about that game, and, and uh, what do you think it says about uh, the AFC right now? Well, I, I'm not surprised that the Patriots stumbled. I, I figured that there was a solid chance of that happening because of how many woes they've kind of had on offense and their defense has been killer 
lights out. And, you know, that's okay. For them, it's about winning in the playoffs. And I, I certainly think that they're one of the best teams still in the AFC. But I think what it just showed is how real, how competent Baltimore, Baltimore can be really any given year because we've seen it even when Chuck Pagano was the uh, defensive coordinator for the Ravens back when uh, Harbaugh was the head coach and I think it was 2010 in the AFC championship where the Ravens just came up short and then they won a few years later and went ahead and won the Super Bowl so they can really go toe-to-toe with what Bill Belichick and the Patriots do and it just shows that what they have decided to do by maximizing everything that they have and not worrying about anything that they don't have uh, goes to show what the Bears have really been lacking and what a lot of teams fail to do a lot of times when build or attack teams with the roster that they have. Yeah, and, you know, if we were doing the show like we normally do, you know, where we have the best or the worst of the, the follow of the previous week, I would, you know, I'd have to give my best to Lamar Jackson, you know, coming out of, you know, at least for the, the AFC North uh, coming out of the, that division. Cause he was, you know, he was, he didn't, you know, uh, you know, bomb the, the Patriots with, with great throws, but he, you know, he did his normal thing of contributing through the air and on the ground and just, you know, the, the physical force that he is, he really, he was, it allowed him to buck that normal storyline that we get of uh, Belichick and his defense is overwhelming young quarterbacks. You know, Jackson is, you know, kind of beyond that. He's not phased even by, you know, what, what he saw from uh, new England and, that's going to be key, man. And if they match up in the playoffs again, you know, they're not going to be scared, you know, whether it's in Baltimore or in Foxborough. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a battle for new England. If they want to come out of the AFC East again, AFC again, you know, if they got to face Baltimore, it may be the most compelling potential matchup that comes from the AFC in the playoffs this year. Yeah. uh, You know, with what uh, Lamar Jackson showed in that game against New England, I think it's possible that the Ravens can be really anyone any given Sunday. Uh, I wouldn't put them as maybe the best team in the league, but they're certainly one of the best teams in the AFC because of how weak the AFC is. And you know, New England, they're gonna they're gonna go as far as really Tom Brady's gonna be able to carry them. I think they're gonna have the run game. I think they're gonna have the defense. Will they have enough at offensive line? That's a question mark, but they should get a little bit healthy as uh, they get closer towards the end of the season by getting Isaiah Wynn back. So can uh, Tom Brady continue to carry them? And maybe it'll kind of, it has to be the fashion of how Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl, where it was really just putting the team in the best position and, and knowing the defense and, and putting the offense in the best play. I think you're going to see a lot of that with Tom Brady come playoff time. Definitely, definitely. And uh, we're going to go into the AFC North next, but, and, uh, you know, give a little more with the Ravens uh, compared to the rest of their compadres there. But first, let's look at the uh, the games coming up for the AFC East. Uh, you got the Bills traveling to the Browns uh, this week. Uh, that's going to be a, a desperate a desperate Browns team that uh, those Bills are going to be facing. 
Uh, Dolphins are traveling to the Colts. And um, let's see. The Jets hosting the Giants, of course, Battle of New York there. Uh, a lot of uh, some, some interesting storylines coming out of that one. And um, I think the uh, the Pats got the week off. So, you know, looking at the three games that are going to be, uh, you know, that, that are going to be happening from the AFC East, what, which one uh, you think is going to be the most compelling this week, Ryan? Uh, I definitely want to see that Bills-Browns game because this is kind of the part of the season where everybody was saying, oh, the Browns can go on their run because it gets really easy in the second half. And it's the second half now, so it's it's really about what uh, Cleveland can show. But especially for these uh, Buffalo Bills, they've played a, a lot of games at home recently, and now they're going to go on the road for probably a little bit. So can they continue their momentum? Because if, uh, if they keep winning like they do, they're going to have a for sure playoff spot and still a shot definitely at the AFC East. But they can lock away one of those wild card spots for sure if they uh, just continue to play how they've done and beat up on teams that are below them. And right now Cleveland is that. I, I also like that Giants-Jets game, though, because that's kind of the – both teams, uh, their fan bases can wear the bag over their head. Maybe that's a, a good candidate for Dog of the Week. Uh, both of those squads have to be extremely <laughs> embarrassed. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the uh, lower attendance games of the season from both sides, unless they want to go there and talk some trash. But uh, that's a, that's going to be a game where both teams are looking at that as an opportunity to get a little right. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't know about low attendance though. I, I think that's just gonna be a muck, uh, of uh, uh, just a giant uh, clash of uh, northern New Jersey, you know, meatheads, <laughs> you know, tri-state area meatheads, oh, yeah. and you know, flexing their green and white and or their blue and white, and just going at each other all day. Yeah, it could be very possibly that. I wonder, though, if, if maybe some of the hardcore fans are like, you know what, let's not even go to this thing. Who even cares? Because uh, uh, from my understanding, it's basically like everybody's a Giants fan except for the occasional Jet fan when it comes to New York. Yeah, definitely. The Giants definitely own that area. The, you know, the Jets are sort of maybe, you know, unfortunately have to compare it to Chicago baseball. They're it's sort of in the White Sox position, but uh, yeah, yeah, the it, it's it'll be interesting. I, I I like how the the stories come out about Saquon's dad being a Jets fan, and he's gonna be wearing the Jets jersey, but you no, know, apparently rooting for his son. Uh, the, at least that's what he says. <laughs> so it, yeah, they they need a lot of those type headlines to spice up that matchup. Right, that's the type of stuff you, you you like to see from a matchup like that because it's, it's not worth a damn as far as the the uh, the standards go. But going back to the Bills and Browns, yeah, you, yeah, you got to figure that this is like an elimination game for the Browns. Like if they don't win this, they're really out of any real position to challenge for the wild card. Whereas, like you say, the Bills are going to be in a pretty good position. You know, they're really the only team out of the East who's going to be contending for a wild card. And at the same time, they would be, you know, basically eliminating a team from that competitive North. 
you know, where you may have, you know, we'll talk about a little more, but, you know, uh, those Pittsburgh may be in the mix themselves still in December. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, let's get into the North. And, uh, like I said, we talked talked about uh, as far as the, the Week 9 results, you know, the Ravens the, with the big win. Uh, we mentioned the uh, – uh, oh, no, we didn't mention them yet. But uh, the other teams in the North, Browns took a loss again – uh, we, you know, we're talking about their desperation and how they're getting close to closer to eliminating themselves with the playoff front. They lost to the Broncos 24-19. Couldn't come up with anything in the end. They're still not getting Odell in the end zone. And there's looking like more frustration uh, coming from him. He's getting a harder time hiding at frustration on the sidelines. So all that, all the worst stuff that you can imagine as a Browns fan this year seemed to be bubbling up. So it's good to see that that not a uh, Chicago is the only uh, failure along that lines uh, this year. You no know, Browns have been just as disappointing, but uh, elsewhere uh, Steelers, like we said, resurging uh, two point win over the Colts. Uh, tough, tough loss for the Colts. We'll get into them more when we talk about the AFC South. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, coming out of that game, but the Steelers uh showed some heart and they uh overcame that one in the end and uh took that win and uh got they say got themselves up to four and four now, I believe. Yeah, four and four, 500 record for them. And uh, the uh Bengals, I believe, had the uh bye weeks, but they're still. 0 and 8, one of the worst teams in the league. So uh really nothing to uh really nothing new there. Uh that gets to, they're getting AJ Green back this week. So uh that's a little bit of a Actually, uh Kyle, they are playing against the Ravens and uh AJ Green is not playing because he had a step back to his ankle and he's out indefinitely. Oh, thank you, thank you for correcting me there. I said, yeah, they're playing the Ravens this week, right? Yeah, I, I said they didn't. They didn't play last week. Yeah, right. that's, that's what I was saying. They didn't play last week, but uh, gotcha. yeah. But thank you for the the update there with AJ Green. So that's definitely, <laughs> you know, uh, when it rains, it pours there for Cincinnati. Uh, definitely that type of situation there for them. But um, like I said, we talked. Like I said, we talked about the Ravens. You know, definitely the best thing to come out of. Uh, the North right now, they're representing the North. They're the prohibitive favorites to win the division. Uh, you know, really not much more to say about that. The Browns, they say uh, tough, tough uh, loss for them again. They're in a desperate position. We've gone over that. Uh, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about the Steelers before we move on out of this division, though. Uh, like I say, 4-4, four and four, they picked up the win last week. And uh, looking at the Week 10 games, uh, they host the Rams. That's going to be a pretty interesting uh, game this week. Uh, they're going to have a, a late, late afternoon contest there, hosting LA. So it'll be a little bit, little bit more, a little bit easier for LA to uh, adjust to pl- just to the trip out east there. But uh, no Steelers, you know, I, I, I'm liking them, man, I, and I'm liking their chances to at least make a little bit of noise. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they're they've shown some fight this in this middle part of the season. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see the Steelers this weekend because they definitely, I think, benefited from a, a really nice stretch of some very winnable games. And certainly uh, against the Colts, that was probably one of their toughest contests last week that they've had in the last two or three weeks. But they did a good job of just staying the course, staying in that game, and you know benefited a little bit from Jacoby Brissett going out but uh, even though percent uh, went out, that Colts offense continues to put pressure on that Steelers defense. And just overall, the team is hanging tough. They're playing a lot better. They're playing a lot more consistent. So they definitely are going to be a tough team, I think, against anybody the rest of the way. But I, I, I feel like the winning is going to kind of calm down a little bit. Um, you know, I could be wrong about that. This week is going to be a good indicator when it comes to where the Steelers are at because uh, this is definitely a winnable game if they're a good enough team, and I'm just not sure where they're at completely right now. Yeah, I I, I, I get you on that one, Ryan. I I think this is a prove it game for them, and uh, you know because I because you know we, you know we'll get into this when we talk more about the NFC West. You know the Rams are in a position where they're going to want to win pretty much every week because of the competition they're facing in their division. So it's like the Rams are going to come ready to play. I would, I would think. And, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. They're going to be hungry the rest of the way. Yeah. So if, you know, if the Steelers want to match this, they're going to want to match that if they going to want to win. So, you know, if if they do come out and win and if they win impressively in some way, I think it would say a lot about where, uh, you know, where the Steelers are right now and where Mike Tomlin is, you know, maybe affecting this team much better than he did last year when he had, you know, some of the guys, some of the veteran guys who were tuning them out or whatnot. But, uh, you know, they may, you know, through their, some of their losses, maybe have actually gained something. So we'll have to see how all that factors out, at least with this matchup. And, uh, you know, say it could be interesting, but, um, yeah, and just really quick, Kyle, uh, for the Steelers, if they win this game, I, I would think, I haven't seen all the records of standings, but they've got to be either tied for that second wild card spot or around uh, controlling your own destiny. So it, it's a big sure. win because there's a lot of teams at that 4-5, and 5-5 five, five and five mark across the AFC. If they can get to above 500, you put yourself in a in a nice position to be somewhat in the driver's seat the last month and a half of the season. Oh yeah, five and four record right now is not is not something to sneeze at when you talk about the AFC because a lot of like you said, a lot of those teams are playing just at that level, five hundred or, or just under that. So to put yourself above that level is definitely a, a plus. But uh, look, yeah, like I said, the Three games also uh, in the NFC, uh, the AFC North this week. Uh, that Rams Steelers game, uh, Ravens and Bengals, which you know you got to figure, you know the Ravens should uh, win that one pretty easily, and the Bills Browns, which we talked about earlier. Uh, so uh, pretty, and I would say that'd be a pretty interesting game there, and uh, one where the Browns are going to be pretty much fighting for their lives. So. Uh, you know, couple, let's say a couple instant games definitely in the north. But uh, let's move over to the AFC South. And uh, this past week saw 
the scores from the South, the Colts, we already mentioned, took a tough loss in Pittsburgh. The Texans and the Jaguars met up in London, and Texans had an easy time with that one, 26-3 all over the Jags. And the Titans took a loss 30-20 to Carolina. So, uh, you know, Texans, of course, impressive in uh, in London. You know, I made the wrong-headed pick on Dean Davis going with the Jags on that one. I just thought maybe they had their little London thing that, you know, because they're sort of the team that are most com- connected with London in the league. So I thought maybe that would have kept them uh, competitive, but – and the Texans may have had some, you know, maybe had some Bears like hangover traveling over there, but they didn't at all. They really were impressive in that game. And uh, you know, looking at the, you know, the Colts and the Texans are sort of trying to keep pace with each other right now. The Colts dealing with Jacoby Brissett. I looked at some reports uh, today with him. He's uh you no know, been sort of limited in practice, but there's a good chance that he may play this week. But uh, he definitely, you know, it, that Steelers game showed his importance. And uh, even though uh you know Brian Hoyer came in and, and threw three touchdowns, but I think he limits I think what they do on offense more than Brissett does with under the under center. So uh you know I think they will want to keep things the way they are right now if they want to keep winning because uh you know i say i don't you know brian hoyer is just not a uh, the guy i think you want to have try to lead you through a playoff chase but uh you know titans again uh four and four coming into week nine they fall back under 500 so uh kind of the same thing that we've been seeing all year with them one step forward two steps back and um you know, we'll, you know, we'll see how see if they'll make up anything this week and get themselves back up to 500. Looking at the games this week for the South, you got the Titans uh, hosted the Chiefs, and the Colts are hosting the Dolphins, so that may be a nice little break for them. And uh, the rest of the division think is off. I think the rest of the division is off. Texans, yes. Texas, yes. Texas and Jacksonville are off, given uh, that they both played in London last week. So, we got two games this week. Only two games this week for the AFC South. Uh, any thoughts in particular about the, the South and I guess maybe, like I said, the Colts, do you think they should rush Brissett out there against the Dolphins, or maybe they should throw Hoyer back out there? Well, if there was a team that you were thinking about giving Jacoby Brissett a week off and letting him really rest up, it would be the Dolphins team. But, uh, man, you just you really don't want to – you know, give up a game or anything like that in what is a very competitive AFC South right now. And, uh, you know, the Texans have been playing pretty well. And if you're the Colts, you want to just continue to meet, uh, continue pace with them. And you would think 
with you could do that with Brian Hoyer, but if uh, Jacoby Brissett is is feeling healthy enough and you feel confident that he's not going to, you know, hurt himself even more by being out there, I, I would certainly consider it and maybe even gamble on it if you're Frank Wright, just to make sure you get the victory. You could always pull him in half or something like that if you want to maybe preserve him and you try to get the lead really early. And that seems like something that they would do uh, in Indianapolis. But certainly uh, they got to make sure that they win this game above all else because you cannot uh, falter at all with Brian Hoyer, a quarterback, against this Miami Dolphins team. But I would think overall that uh, they would have enough talent that they should get by the Dolphins if Brian Hoyer was the starter. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. And I agree. I I think if if, if Brissett is healthy, if, if if he's healthy enough and he feels confident enough to go out there, you know, just maybe throw him out there and you know maybe edge more towards the run, uh, and and you know let him hand like say let him do, do more handoffs with uh with the the running back Mac, and uh you know sort of keep your you know, keep your keep your cards close to the de- you know uh, close to your chest for a while, and see how how things go early, and uh, if they could flourish in the game, you no, know, and get out of t- to a lead, yeah, maybe th- maybe then you could pull reset and let Hoyer uh, close out. You know, definitely if they lose though, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough hit for them if they lose, especially to uh, you know Miami. So at home at that too. So uh, you know they definitely want to be careful and make sure that they come out this week with a win and uh, you know have themselves ready to go forward. You know going as uh, you know there'll be no more buys left for them or Houston coming out of this week. Uh, just looking at that race, it's gonna it's gonna be a very tight one down the road and two teams that. Uh, you know, are built very differently. You've got the superstar Deshaun Watson versus the kind of complete team of the Colts. It, that's going to be uh, very important for those Colts to stay very close, if not get a lead over Watson, because, you know, if he starts playing like the MVP of the league in December, it might be a little too late. Yeah, that, that star power Watson sort of makes them the more magnetic team in the division, and sort of by default makes the Colts seem like an underdog. And, you know, of course, you got the whole story going back to the unfortunate way they started the season with Andrew Luck retiring, you know, uh, all of a sudden and everything. So, like, like I said, that's been a reason that they've been rootable, but they're definitely in that sort of underdog position. So, uh, yeah, definitely a game to watch out for there. Uh you know, maybe maybe not want to watch it down every down, but uh, I, I'm definitely gonna be watching the score for that one at least. And like I said, the uh, the other game in the division uh, was the uh, you know Chiefs and Titans. Yeah, I mean any any game with the Chiefs is you know, has a bit of interest to it. Traveling to the Titans, I, I you know wonder if if that's gonna be a game where the Titans can maybe drag the Chiefs down because the Titans do have a defense. That can, uh, you know, maybe drag opponents down a little bit, but uh, yeah. And the Chiefs, you know, again, could they be going, you know, likely going another week with Matt Moore at the helm? But Moore, you know, he's proven himself to be quite adequate, to say the least, as a as a replacement there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that game even can't really dis, uh, throw that game out either. Uh, you know, coming out of the uh, going into this week, but look at that. You know, as as we look at the Chiefs, we go ahead into the AFC West. Uh, you know, let's go. You know, bring it back to this past weekend and week nine, and the Chiefs. You know, had one of the bigger wins of the weekend, the last second field goal, winning over. Uh, Minnesota, who looked like they were in control for a lot of that game, but they weren't able to get it done out there in Kansas City, uh, the final 26-23 to 23 in favor of the Chiefs. And also, uh, probably one of the biggest surprises of the weekend, the Chargers 26-11 over the Packers. I know we're talking before that game, you know, I don't think either you or I, either you or I were really – uh, expecting the chart much from the Chargers coming into that game. Yeah, but they really, they really had an impressive performance. They got after Aaron Rodgers quite a bit with that front line of theirs, and you know they. And Aaron Rodgers they, calling out his team afterwards. Yeah, that, yeah, this is that's as shaky as they've looked all season. Uh, only that second loss, and um, you know. We got to, you know, as of now, you can maybe just chalk it up to be an anomaly, but uh, we'll see if it'll be a sign of any things to come for the Packers. They, I, I think, I think we knew it was better than most, being that you know that we're following them in the same division, that they're a team that did have some, that does have some things that they could deal with, but they've just been playing, especially the past few weeks, with such. A, chemi- a good chemistry. They you know they've been re- ready to play and above themselves, but uh, they came back down a little bit there in L.A. And um, another game where the West AFC West got the better of the NFC North. The Raiders beating the Lions thirty-one twenty-four. So they got themselves. Uh, you know, Raiders got themselves a nice little boost coming into their game tonight. Which I'm I'm looking I'm looking at them for a win tonight too. Even uh even though the Chargers maybe got a even even bigger boost uh with with their win, but uh round and uh you know the Broncos round out uh the scores from Week Nine in the AFC West. Like we said earlier, they beat the Browns twenty four nineteen, and um you know let's like I said let's just go right into it with Week Ten. Chargers and Raiders setting getting ready to kick off on on Fox. You know, like I said, I got the Raiders in this one. Uh, Ryan, what what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's pretty close. I went with the Chargers, but uh, certainly was a tough call. I, I wasn't a hundred percent confident either way. It shouldn't be a tough road trip for either side. So usually in some of these Thursday night games, it's kind of that road trip when. You- you really have to go an extended amount of uh, extended distance, and then you've just played a few days ago. That's where the home team seems to have a big advantage, but I don't think that that's going to play out in this one. Um, two veteran quarterbacks, veteran teams. Uh, it should be a, a pretty close game, I would think. And I just kind of went with the Chargers just thinking that maybe they got a little moxie. Maybe they found a little something, and especially after the Bears win, they fire their offensive coordinator, then they explode and have a great game against the Packers. I wonder if maybe they're catching a little, uh, a little bit of fire here in the mid- middle point of the season. 
That definitely could be the case. I, I'm not. I'm not going to sleep on on the, uh, the Chargers necessarily. But uh, you know, I think the Raiders, man, this is like their first home game since uh, September. I don't think they played yeah. at home since that first month of the year. So. They might not even. Uh, they might not even have rhythm playing at home. Yeah, they, they might, might prefer it on the road right now. They might, but I think I think they're gonna have a little extra thing going going for them in this in this game tonight. You know, like I, said, I may be wrong, but I'm I, I think I'm like I said, I, I oh, like. Wait, I believe that they were the home team last week against the Lions. Were they not, or was that Detroit? Uh, let me see. Yeah, you may be right about that. I think you're right. I think last week was like their first home game in God knows how long. Yeah, yeah. Last week broke that streak. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is their second <laughs> home game in the in this week. But uh, still, yeah, they've you no. Know, this has been the week where they've gotten back home after a bunch of games on the road and and uh, in England and all that stuff. But you know, like I said, we'll see. Uh, you know, they. I I think definitely they're a confident team. As well, Oakland is right now. So, you know, they're in their team that can, you know, they can control the ball on offense. You know, they haven't been making many mistakes. Their defense isn't isn't anything really wild right now. But you know, the the Chargers still, you know, at least through the air, they're not the team that they normally have been with Rivers. You know, they. I think their strength more is, is on the ground as well. When you look at, uh, you know, what they're doing, and uh, Gordon seems to be starting to get going now. As he, he's he's about as a he's about a month into his return. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, this coming up now, pretty you know, in, pretty more interesting game than it may have looked a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, definitely. We yeah. thought this was a dog game a while ago, but it might turn out to be one of those kind of fun November games. Two teams really on the cusp of either getting into contention or getting out of contention. Right, they're both they're both fighting, and, and the team, and again, the team that wins tonight is going to be much in a in a pretty decent position at least to compete going forward. You know, so yeah. And and even the loser's not going to be completely out of it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how those uh, how these two teams develop. But uh, yeah, also this week uh, on docket for the West is a Chiefs visiting the Titans. We've gone over that, and um, they said the uh, Broncos, I believe, are on a bye as well. So yeah. Yeah, so we got yeah, you know, so we got the Chiefs and uh these Chargers and Raiders going at it for the West. And um uh, yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it for the AFC. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the AFC. We're gonna slide over into the NFC. And um, you know, let's start with as we go with the NFC, we we guess we can start with the Monday night game, the most recent game. Uh, and we'll start with the NFC East. That was a NFC East battle there. Cowboys winning 37 to 18 over the Giants and over the Black Cat and everything there. You know, the Cowboys are getting the better of super of long held superstitions. That may be a little bit of a scary thing 
for the NFC there, man. Usually the usually the at least the last couple of decades, that's that didn't seem to be the type of thing that uh the Cowboys could hold up under you know a black cat running on the field. But you know, they this is a pretty like I say, pretty good performance out of the Cowboys on Monday night. And uh, you know, this setting themselves you no, know, they needed that performance given what the Eagles were able to do with the Bears and they able to get themselves going again with a win there. The Eagles uh, 22-14 over the Bears. Of course, mad disappointing effort from the Bears' offense, at least through the first half. Uh, you can read Ryan's three and out report recapping the game right now on WeAreRigoRadio.com. We'll talk more about the Bears later, of course. But, uh, you know, Eagles took the win there. And uh, Washington, we said earlier, took the loss. Uh in Buffalo, and uh, yeah, that's it for the NFC East. Now, looking at their Week Ten schedule, Giants at Giants and Jets going at it in New Jersey. We talked about that, and you got the Cowboys and Vikings. Another high-profile game for the Vikings. I'm uh, excuse me for the Cowboys. Uh, hosting the Vikings on Sunday night. And let me see the rest of them. Washington. Yeah, Was- yeah Washington not in action. As are the Eagles. So, yeah. Looking at, uh, looking at this week. With the Cowboys, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys and the Eagles coming out of their games? Uh, you no, know, two, two uh, big wins for them, and still setting themselves up to be like the uh, the class of the division. Those are the guys going to be for fighting for pro- supremacy in that division. There, yeah, I, I think both sides are probably happy with the position that they're in right now. Things are trending upwards. And, uh, you know, uh, for the Cowboys, it's a big win. There's a big uh, week this week against the Vikings. They need a big win. And you could say the same thing about those Minnesota Vikings. So uh, that always leads to great drama on uh, Sunday Night Football. I can't wait to see how that game plays out. But I really... uh, I really uh, am going to be curious to see how that game plays out because the Cowboys are sort of uh, another one of those teams that's benefited from some easier games of late, and uh, they've definitely taken advantage of their opportunities, and this is another just one of those kind of statement-type games. And if they win this, then they can uh, just continue to be the team in control of the NFC East. And, of course, if they lose this, this gives a really – big opportunity for the Eagles to jump right back ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with the Cowboys, you, you know, you you get those, they get so many chances on national TV. So it, it seems like their games always have a bigger weight to them. We've talked, you know, uh, in weeks past about, you know, how warped the view is with them from from a national media point of view and everything, you know, Things are so much high, much played up with them when they do well. 
but you know that on the other side, when they don't do well, it's overplayed as well. So it's like, you know, but but with the with this week's game, you are seeing them against another contending team, and you're seeing them against a team that you know should want to get a win back after that tough loss uh, against Kansas City. So this is a game that that you know really doesn't have to get pl- played up. You know, this is a big game in the NFC when it comes to uh, the playoff situation going forward. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be, uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's there on Sunday night for everyone to watch and definitely going to be paying a lot of attention to that one. But, uh, like I said, we talked enough, too, about the Giants and the Jets. We know yada, yada with that. So, uh, you know, let's move on. And you know, let's go to the NFC South. Cause uh, I see a game right 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 off the bat there, the Falcons and Ravens this week. Uh, I'm mean, Falcons and Saints. I don't know. I said Ravens. Falcons and Saints uh, this week. Uh, definitely one of the uh, on the low, one of the more bitter rivalries in the NF, in the NFL. Uh, but those that's a matchup for this week. But looking at what uh, that division did last week. Uh, we talked already about the Panthers winning again. Uh, they had a 30-20 to 20 win over the Titans, so they're still, you know, going well with Kyle Hill. And it seems like more and more people are resigning themselves to the fact that Cam is not coming back and that he's going to be, uh, you know, in, he's squarely in the past when it comes to the, the plans for Carolina. So uh, with – We'll see how that goes there. But uh, elsewhere in the South, you had uh, the Buccaneers take a loss to the Seahawks, another shootout that the Buccaneers were involved in at Seattle, 40-34. to That game went to overtime. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, that's it. It looks like for the South, the Saints, we know, had the week off uh, coming out of that – return game from uh drew Brees, and uh yeah falcons as well and that sets up their matchup this week uh saints are hosting and uh saints of course you know playing as well as any team in the league and uh you know high up on our high up on our uh our rankings this uh last week our power rankings and uh, yeah, just doing that thing. They got a week of rest, and you know, Breeze, you know, already showed that he, you know, before the the bye, that he's ready to play again. So uh, shouldn't be much of a, a change from that, and from that uh point, you know, that projection with him, you know, as we go into this week, and elsewhere, the Buccaneers are hosting the Cardinals, so that could be another wild game. We talk about the Bucks and how. They seem to score a lot and also give up a lot. Uh, the Cardinals have been, uh, you know, pretty competitive this year and uh, you know got a you know got a quick trigger offense of their own. So uh, pretty interesting there. The Panthers uh, will visit the Packers, so a challenging game there, and that's that's a late game as well. So uh, pretty interested in the scheduling that the NFL is doing this week. Putting some different teams in the in that late game showcase area, but apparently it looks like a lot of people probably gonna have a chance to see the Panthers this week and see 
just how they're playing with Kyle Hill. Uh, and, and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, excuse me. Uh, uh, putting them, you know, he's going to be square uh, square against Aaron Rodgers there in, in a possible duel. We'll, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, that should be it for that division. Uh, yeah, that's it there. Those are the four teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the South right now, the NFC South, and uh, you know those three games coming up this week? Uh, definitely interested in that Carolina Green Bay game. Um, Carolina had their chance to really show off their legitimacy going on the road to San Francisco. I got absolutely blown out, and so uh, they get another shot at it in a really tough place to play in Lambeau, a team that's going to be coming back hungry for a W in the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers is historically very difficult to beat in Lambeau Field. So it's going to be an interesting uh, game to see what Ron Rivera and his Panthers come up with to try to slow down the Packers. And if they find a way to win that game, I think that teams are going to start to looking at the Panthers as uh, one of those teams that could uh, steal a wild card spot or could be a very tough team to beat just in general because they have uh, a really balanced offense and a capable defense that can get after teams and bring pressure. Uh, the other one is is going to be fun to see the Falcons and Saints for maybe seeing a, a shootout, uh, a lot of points, but that Saints defense is pretty solid, and this Falcons offense, and just the whole team looks kind of lost right now. So I, I don't know what to expect with them coming out. But if the Falcons put up a challenge, it should be one of those high-scoring, back-and-forth type contests that we've seen from them over the years. Yeah, we see there have been games this year where the Falcons have gotten a lot from Ryan and and their receivers, you know, connecting, but didn't even score much. Was, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that where they score like, Two touchdowns, but you know, uh, you know, Matt Ryan has like 350 yards passing, but they lose by three touchdowns. Like it, you could, I could definitely see something like that happening there. It's, they're they're just a weird team, that Atlanta team, and not much of a competitive team. So you know, who knows what's going to happen? I I just like to see the Saints and Falcons fans go at it on Twitter. That's that's a pretty, you know, if you want, if you want to, if you get some time on Sunday, you know, try to check them out, you know, to look at some hashtags and see how those Atlanta folks go at it with those New Orleans folks because they don't like say they really don't like each other. But uh, yeah, I'm, I wish you though definitely on the Panthers and Packers game. That's that's going to be interesting just to see how the Packers definitely coming off the loss from last week how they respond. They're going to be at home, you know. Yeah, how are they you know how is that defense going to respond, and what are they going to do to stop you know Christian McCaffrey, who is you know putting himself really a, a near the top of that MVP race, man. That's going to be that's definitely going to be interesting to see too, uh, along with uh, you know Kyle Allen and comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, so. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna try to check some of that game out and uh you know after after the Bears you know do what they do but uh <laughs> you know but uh 
yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's it for let's let's this it for the South. Looking at Week Ten, let's uh, you know, we go we go go we'll go back into the North. You know, talk a little bit about the Packers, but we'll go into the North at the end, um, and then go into our Bears stuff. But uh, first, let's go into the NFC West, and the NFC West has you know one of the bigger games of the year coming up on Monday night. But uh, you know, we'll go we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, from Week Nine. The results, uh, we you know just mentioned a little uh, a minute ago. The Seahawks win forty to thirty four over the Bucks. Uh, they had the uh, Cardinals and the 49ers started last week, a week ago from tonight on um, Thursday night. 49ers edged out Arizona twenty eight to twenty five, and. Yeah, I guess. And the Rams, uh, uh the Rams were yeah, they were on a buy, so that was it for them last week. And um, like I say, this week, like I said, we got the big Monday night affair: Seahawks and 49ers. The matchup I've been waiting to see for weeks now. Uh, and the Rams, we talked about already. They they travel to uh, the Steelers. And the Cardinals are traveling to Tampa Bay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, pretty much all eyes are going to be on San Francisco and Seattle. You know, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts, early thoughts on that contest? Uh, it's going to be interesting because a lot of injuries are affecting the Seahawks right now. I think that they may be without Jadavion Clowney, who is uh, sort of on the injury Report. I think one of their best offensive linemen and Dwayne Brown is on the injury report and Josh Gordon. Uh, I don't know what kind of a factor he might be able to play this week, but it seems like uh, from what we've seen, you got a really good quarterback and a good receiver. You can find a way to get him out there, at least in some kind of packages and some kind of routes that the receiver is good at. But he is limited so far with his practice uh, uh, so far on the Seahawks being on their team. I don't know uh, what exactly to expect from the 49ers. They might not have George Kittle, and that would be a huge loss if they don't have their star tight end. But this 49ers team, I think everyone is looking at them as being one of the best teams in football, and they might be, but I don't know if we're there yet either with them. Uh, I still have a lot to see because really how they've done it is pretty similar to what the Bears did a season ago, where that defense can definitely play pretty much with anybody. But if that defense doesn't just absolutely shut down an opponent, how good is that offense? Because certainly they got off to that great lead against the Cardinals, but then the Cardinals came back, and there was very little answers from the 49ers. And we've seen that before from Kyle Shanahan, remember in the Super Bowl famously, where you have this amazing half, and then you just kind of, let it go and stall offensively where the other team can get back into it. I, I definitely think that the Niners are a really good team, and we're going to find out how good they are when they go up against the Seahawks team because Russell Wilson, I mean, he is playing at an MVP level himself. And every week it's seemingly him finding a way to get it done, and that's really been his career with the Seahawks where he just keeps them in the game, and as long as that defense can give him the ball with a chance to win it, He's going to go out there and win it, and he was great last weekend against the Buccaneers. So if the 49ers win this game, I think they will have really earned a a more of a 
respect level across the league when it comes to analysts and people looking at them and how good they are. But definitely for the Seahawks, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I just I have a lot of faith in what he's doing, and I would put him as a really good chance of getting a victory over those 49ers. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely you could see that too. Uh, and I've said in weeks past, I, I expect Seattle to overcome the 49ers in the end when it comes to this division. This, you know, a win this Monday would probably will be a big stepping point in them doing that. But it'll be interesting to see if the four, I'm not rooting against the 49ers. I like the 49ers a lot as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond from the Thursday night game because there was a little, like you said, there was a a little bit of, you know, revealing things going on there in the way that they had to fight off those Cardinals, but, you know, scrappy as they are, you know, uh, 49ers do have some weaknesses on offense. They're not the most high power team on offense. And, you know, they're going to, if they're going to, you know, possibly get into a shootout with Russell Wilson in those, in those, uh, Seahawks, you know, they're going to need a little bit more than what they provided last week, uh, you know, and, and they definitely, like you say, they definitely don't want to go out there without Kittle. So maybe they, I, I would expect him to play. I've, like I said, I've looked up some, you know, he's on my fantasy teams, though, so I got to mention that because, so he's, uh, I've looked up some injury reports with him and uh, it seems like he's, he's on the fence, but maybe the extra time not having till Monday instead of Sunday, you know, maybe that'll help him out as far as getting him back on the field. But, uh, yeah, but definitely when you look at this matchup, there's probably got to be a lot of hype around this one, you know, a seven and two, uh, Seattle team and, uh, you know, the last undefeated team in the league, eight and no, uh, those 49ers. And like I say, setting up the, the race for the NFC West and maybe the race for a uh, top seed in the NFC. So definitely, uh, definitely an interesting matchup, but something along the lines of what we've seen in, in the recent years with the Rams, that as they started to surge and try to contend against Seattle, you know, it's interesting that Seattle, you know, you got to give it up to Seattle that they're still in this position where they could fight off another young buck team, in the 49ers, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm not ready to make my pick yet, but like I said, I do expect, I have more of an expectation of Seattle overcoming and, and eventually take the division. So maybe that's tell you where I'm going to go this week with that pick, but yeah, definitely going to be a fun game on Monday night, uh, a rare Monday night game, that lives up to what we what we remember growing up. You know, these are the type of games that you typically got on Monday night, and you know now you so you mostly see those on Sunday night. But this is going to be a real one uh, coming up this Monday. But yeah, we're we, we're pretty much thirty one teams into the thirty two this week, and that that thirty two uh, means that uh, the Bears is left. But, uh, you know, we haven't we'll, – we'll talk about the Bears and we'll talk about the – finish up the NFC North and talk about the Bears and uh, wrap things up here with this special All 32 slash Bear Necessities podcast. We'll be right back right after this. 
Welcome back, y'all. This is a special All-32 Bears Necessities hybrid show, big show, giving you two-for-one action here this week. And um, like I said, we've gone over all the divisions, uh, you know, giving you the scores from week nine last week and uh, giving you some previews of this week's action that's coming up. And uh, we end things in our home division, the NFC North. Now, we've already touched a bit on, uh, you know, basically all the teams. You know, we haven't really gone into the Bears stuff yet, but we will hear shortly. But, uh, you know, looking at week nine, uh, of course, not a very good week at all for the NFC North. It was a losing week across the board, uh, a rarity. And, um, you know, you, you start with the Chargers with the, the some very surprising win over the Packers, not just in them winning, but how they did it, 26-11 out there in, in Los Angeles. You had the Chiefs knocking off the Vikings, a game that the Vikings should have won, but, you know, dealing with Matt Moore instead of, of uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Vikings were able to, like I say, they, they – they had control for that of that game for most of it, and ended up losing in the end with a uh, with a field goal. And um, Detroit also with the loss, losing to the Raiders, who are getting off to a very good start here tonight on Thursday Night Football. But uh, Raiders wound up scoring twice in the fourth quarter to overtake them. That was a game that Detroit, you know, very much could have had as well. Ended up getting 400 yards uh, passing from Matthew Stafford, and that one wasted that. And uh, the Bears, of course, wasting a lot of everything, if you ask us here in Chicago. Uh, wasted effort, wasted emotions, wasted time. But uh, really just uh, maybe the worst half of offensive football this franchise has seen arguably in that uh Eagles loss 22 to 14 they showed a little bit of spark in the second half but it really didn't amount to nothing and uh you know it's like I said they're in a cycle they're in a bad cycle right now they're doing the same stuff week after week they're not showing any type of you know hindsight even let alone foresight to rectify themselves of the of the the problems that they have that this all seems so obvious but they don't they don't really want to focus on in on the things that they need to do to make themselves right they rather talk about you know turning off TVs as Mitch Trubisky has talked about in recent days and it's just more and more stuff that is leaking out from Hallis Hall is is seem like everything is is embarrassing in a way, and it's really just getting harder and harder to to you know listen to that team on any level, let alone take them seriously, right? Yeah, I mean, this is what quarterback hell is really like. If anyone wants to know, <laughs> anybody's concerned about what it's like to really go through the desert of the quarterbacks because 
you know, we were talking just earlier about Philip Rivers and some of the silliness that he can do on a football field. But then, of course, he does the amazing and the great. And you've seen him uh, a lot of times, even though he hasn't been a Super Bowl champion or a team or a quarterback that's taken his team to the playoffs every year. But he just seems to be a guy that can make some plays. He can go high, he can go on a really nice stretch. And then maybe he goes a few games where he just lays an egg for you. The Bears would gladly trade for something like that right now. I mean, all the warts and pimples and all the ugly things that, you know, are marking up this team, I think really just stem from the quarterback. And, of course, the coach should be under a lot of scrutiny himself. But, you know, there's so many times I go back to where, you know, Matt Nagy wants to run more of a passing offense. And if you had a quarterback that was – okay or solid at passing the football, I don't know if we're coming at him quite as hard. I don't know if we're saying, you know, hey, you're you're Mark Trestman 2.0. Sure, it's damning that he's not able to maybe adjust as well, but, you know, if you don't have a quarterback that can just throw, I don't know what adjustments you're really trying to go to, and especially when you are going up against teams that every week are saying, we're going to just take everything underneath we're going to keep dropping guys into the box, and we dare you to throw it downfield and try to beat us. And when you can't do it, and then you can't really run the football because your offensive line is a complete mess. And I, I remember seeing some tweets from Olin Cruz who pointed out that, you know, he even himself wanting and knowing that Mitch is part of the problem, he couldn't blame Mitch Trubisky for some of the problems that happened in that first half because of how bad the offensive line is playing. So when your quarterback just can't make plays and can't mask some of the problems of your team, but then on top of it, look more of like a negative and and part of the reason of losing, or I should say the main reason for losing, that's when you just see all this silliness, all the little details about like where Eddie Pinero's kicking and all. This stuff doesn't happen to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and some of these good quarterbacks. Sure, their teams might go through some some issues here or there where they have to explain some bad PR, but what do they normally do? They normally come back, play pretty well in the football field. Those storylines die, and the only storyline that lives is, man, that guy knows how to play football, and he's a pretty good football player. So the Bears, I mean, for them – and I've been saying this uh, for weeks in our my write-ups about the Bears. Anything and everything has to be focused on that position moving forward because it, they're not going to have enough draft picks. They're not going to have enough cap room to just address every single issue that we've seen them have this season. They can't just go get a brand-new offensive line, a new quarterback, a tight end, and then whatever help they need on the defense and – some of the other things that they might need for depth purposes. I mean, that's too many things. You have to shorten that list and be smart about which things you need to attack. And certainly quarterback has to be at the top. And all the scouts, all the people that are in the pro personnel, in the college amateur scouting, they have to all meet up with Ryan Pace and he needs to tell them, hey, we need to get real options here of guys that we know that we can bring in that can play quarterback, that can learn this system in an offseason 
and be capable of at least throwing the football around so that we don't look as embarrassing. But on top of it, if they can get just that done alone, I mean, we're talking about a different Bears team. We don't be talking about them like the Raiders or the Chargers or maybe some of these other teams in the NFC that are on the fence of being a wild card team. Instead, we're talking the exact opposite. We're talking about them, you know, it'd be a great season if they get to 500. Yeah. Yeah, they're not even relevant in any way right now when it comes to the playoff hunt. Because you're stuck in a four-game losing streak and nothing nothing about the playoff field is showing that you're in a position to change things around. No, and think about the, the, the nature of a losing streak, Kyle, in professional sports, across sports. You know, in hockey, you're going through a losing streak. You need that goalie to make a big stand and have a big day. In basketball, you need your superstar to have a big day and just win it in the fourth quarter. In baseball, you need that ace every you know fifth day if you're on a four-game losing streak to put an end to that. That's what the quarterback position really is in football. That quarterback, he can come out, and we've seen it with guys like Kirk Cousins, who how many times have we called him inept and pathetic? But then he can come out and just shred a defense because what does he do? He just manages the game plan, hits a few throws, guys make a few good plays, the whole team plays solid defense, and there you go. It, it, that's really where I think the Bears are at. They just They're getting so nothing at the quarterback position. And I think even to a lot of fans, they don't even realize how nothing that they're getting uh, because oh, yeah. there's nothing else to see because they don't have another example. So you don't even understand the full level of nothingness that you have. I would say you bring in Andy Dalton tomorrow and this team is probably 500 or better. Uh, you know, you just need to get, you know, something, an average quarterback that we know can throw and play in this league, and you're suddenly a 500 team. Yeah, and they, you, you very, you're very much right about that, Ryan. But I think that goes to the, the overall delusion of that team when you in their leadership. Like they don't, they don't act on anything because they. They think the answers come from shutting everything out from, you know, with like this stuff with the TVs. Like you can't listen to this criticism, this very fair and and level headed criticism that's being leveled at you. It's not people picking at you. It's not, you know, you think the fans are being mean because they boo you. I mean, yeah, but they boo you because they've expected so much more than what you've given them this season. And the criticism that comes in the media most mostly is coming from former players, from people who played on this franchise, who loved this franchise, and expected again expected more from them this season. And it's it's coming from people who know that Chicago football it once meant something, even when they were even when Chicago Bears weren't playing as well. The Chicago Bears did things on the field that that set it apart, and that uh, that uh, that gave it an identity that allowed it to carry itself through various you know ebbs and flows of of, of success and failure. You know this is a this is a formless team right now that doesn't under, that doesn't even understand why 
they suck so much. And they, they, like I say, it's just delusional. And they, they, give, they give you no reason but right now. Can you blame them, Kyle? Because, I mean, if you're a, a non-Mitch Trubisky on that team, you got to be delusional if you believe in him. And so they have to just kind of say it because, it, you know, every, I think, leader knows that if we just start splitting down the middle, you know, you could put in Chase Daniel if that's what you're clamoring for as somebody else on this team, but it's going to equal the same thing. You, you guys aren't even close or good enough to anything. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky is completely delusional. Like you said, I mean, who cares about these TVs? Who cares about Chris? Uh, you're going to have to be able to handle that stuff. And, you know, you think it's bad now. How about losing the Super Bowl if you ever were to get good enough to get to that point? Are you going to be able to handle something like that? So, I mean, it, it's just silliness, and it be, it's all because, to me, of that quarterback. If you had a guy, let's say Brian Hoyer was here, would we be even talking about this as much? I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe a guy like that comes in, plays okay, plays average, has more arm talent than what Chase Daniel has, and maybe we're all looking at that and saying, okay, well, at least we've got a stopgap for now, and we can still find somebody. But it's because there is just absolutely nothing coming out of that position. The most important position in team sports, you're getting zero out of it. You know, look at a team like the Panthers we talked about earlier that had multiple quarterback options. I mean, you've got to get to a point where that position becomes one of your best on the field. Otherwise, you got no shot. Yeah, and this is it's been as clear this year as it's been in any in recent memory that the good franchises, the great franchises, uh, the successful franchises in the NFL, they equip themselves well at quarterback. They give themselves, a, they give themselves real franchise quarterbacks and solid professionals to back them up. And the bears didn't give themselves either of those things. And that's why, you know, of course, Mitch is one, a uh, is issue one, a, but I I would put, like I said, I put Nagy right there with him, and I put Pace. We got to start putting Pace right there up, up as well as far as the issues that we, we talk about the origin, oh, yeah. the origins of this team. And, you know, he did a lot of good things to build this team up, but he failed completely in the quarterback positions. And that starts. I mean, he, he's failed more than he succeeded so far, Kyle. I mean, if we're being really honest, yeah. there's a lot of bad with Ryan Pace. So, you know, he's going to be in charge probably because I don't see any changes really happening. You're going to have to get creative. And I don't know if Ryan Pace is really strong suited at doing that. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does. You're right. He deserves a ton of blame for this season. A lot, a lot of blame. And. He's not going to be given much credit or hope. But I, I don't know exactly where they're going to be at when it comes to this offseason, but he's going to have to be creative because there's just not going to be a way to fix everything. No, not at all. Not at all. You, they got to, like I say, they got to reach out and, and do as best, as much as they can if they want to maintain any sort of relevance going into 2020. But, you know, Let's uh before we head out, let's look at week ten. And uh, you know, like I say, looking at the North Division, uh, we already mentioned the Panthers traveling to Green Bay. 
Um, you know, the Vikings traveling to Dallas on Sunday night, big game there. And the Bears in uh, Detroit round out the North play coming up this week. And, you know, if anything, you know, as bad as the Bears may have been in recent years, we've always at least had Detroit to look down upon in some ways. But Detroit, you know, as frustrating as they've their season has been for them too, they have an offense that is pretty scary. And, you know, they could very well, you know, embarrass the Bears this week. You know, as we look at this this matchup, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, Detroit getting their first shot at the Bears this year? And, you know, I would think that the, they would want to embarrass the Bears, you know, and, and set the Bears firmly back into the, the basement of uh, the NFC North. Yeah, I think they want to do that as well. Um, but, you know, they've played solid this year. They're, they've been a solid team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came in. Maybe they lay the wood on the Bears. They can do that. You know, they've got a, a solid defense with a, a good defensive mind and a quarterback that on any given Sunday he can play about as well as any of us. So, you know, this is one of those games where you've got two teams with similar records, probably similar talent level. Um, certainly one team has more soul than the other, and that's mainly fueled by, fueled by a quarterback that's capable versus a quarterback that's incapable. But if Mitch Trubisky comes out, plays okay, plays well at home, definitely plays a lot better at home, it, you know, they run the ball and maybe establish that a little bit early with the Bears. I, I, I could see this game just being kind of back and forth where the Bears maybe steal it late. Uh, it's almost any kind of shade in between because you just don't know what to expect out of the Bears. And even though the Lions have been much better, I don't know what to fully expect out of the Lions, too. I think that they're capable of being a team that can lay a head scratcher here coming down the stretch. Um, but certainly, uh, we could all be talking next week saying, man, we see that 35 to 10 beatdown by the Lions over the Bears coming. And none of us will just sit there saying, well, I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I would edge more towards. You know, I just don't have the conf. I don't have it in me really the confidence to uh, bet for the Bears on any level right now. Um, you know, I'm trying to look at the spread. They said whatever the spread is, I would go against the Bears this week. And uh, it looks like the I think they're getting two and a half at home. They're home team, so. Like I said, they usually get you three game, three three points at home, but uh, you know, because of their play, you know, they're probably you know you, you likely would get a two and a half, you know, two and a half uh, spread there. And like I said, I just, I just, I, I'm probably gonna bet the Lions outright. You know, you talk about uh the Dean Davis picks and everything, but uh, you know. It, it's, it's the, the confidence is just like I said. The confidence just isn't there with the Bears right now. They got to prove something to me again. And um, you know the Lions, like I say, the off the, the offense is there. They got tall receivers, you know, lengthy guys. You know, Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones, like those guys. You know, they can do what they. I think they can do eventually what they 
want to do to win the game. The you know what are the I mean, Bears? What is the Bears' offense going to do to match them? That's that's the question to me. To that point, Kyle, I think probably the odds are what's going to play out is defense is going to keep the Bears in that game and probably make that offense, that Lions offense, look a little bit worse than what we've seen most of the year. But then comes the real issue: the Bears' offense is going to look probably exactly how we've seen it look all season long. I don't know what there to really expect to change. It's all going to change if Mitch Trubisky just playing great. I mean, that offensive line is not going to start playing awesome, and the only way the receivers and running backs are really going to get involved in big plays is if Mitch Trubisky can find a way to hit them downfield, and he's very bad at that. So uh, I expect a game where it's a close first half with the defense keeping the uh, Bears in the game, and then in the fourth quarter, when it's uh, apparent that everyone's tired and it comes down to just talent and will, that the, the Lions will probably end up. Yeah, and you, you talk about what Trubisky could do. You know, last year at Soldier Field, he had a great game against the Lions. It, it might have been his second best game of that season after the sixth touchdown performance against Tampa Bay. But, you know, I I've, like I say, giving the lack of intelligence that this team has shown this year, you know, you would think that they would just go into the into the film room and look at what they did last year and try to copy it beat for beat. But who knows what the hell they're going to try to do in preparing for this game? If if, if they, again, if they don't get out to a quick start, if they don't control the ball with you know with David Montgomery, if they don't feed him often. You know, if they don't, you know, if they don't try to do some things down up the field and try to, you know, at least give the threat of a vertical offense, you know what? I don't see them doing enough to 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 get a win here. It's like I said, they like I say they have to they have to start they're starting from the ground up with me here, man. They got to prove that they can win again. You know, otherwise it's going to be five in a row. I mean, uh, I, I'm not very confident. I don't think anyone should be. It's going to come down to your quarterback the rest of the way. And maybe they go to Chase Daniel. The play isn't good enough for Mitch. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of a boost. But uh, either way, the Bears are, are destined for their fate this year because they're just not going to have enough at that most important position. Yep, yep, yeah. No reason to beat the dead horse into the ground. <laughs> we'll uh we'll uh, wrap it up with that. You know, say facts out of facts, and uh, they say it's a tough time right now. But uh, you know, if there's anything, if there's any team that we could really maybe get a good, you know, a, a, a really get a good thing going against, maybe it is Detroit. You know, at least. You know, at least beating Detroit is as satisfying as it gets outside of, of course, beating, uh, you know, the Packers, you know, because the Lions are just as delusional. At least the fans, they could be just as delusional as the Bears are. <laughs> so uh, the, the Lions can always lion. Yeah. There's always a possibility. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they'll gift, maybe they'll gift the Bears with something this week, but you know, we'll see what what goes on. Um, I'll be interested in that twelve o'clock this Sunday on CBS too. Another one of those weird things where they show 
the NFC game on CBS. But, uh, you know, we'll see uh, see how it goes, though. But, uh, you know, afterwards, you know, you'll definitely hear from me and Ryan next week. We'll have the show separated once again next week, all 32, followed by Bear Necessities. And, uh, yeah, we'll just take it from there and uh, keep keep it going, whether the Bears provide us with something happy or not. We'll try to pick up our spirits either way with the, you know, the rest of the goings on in the NFL. But, uh, Ryan, man, thanks again for hanging out with me. Yeah, absolutely. No problem, Kyle. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, listen to uh, uh, the Dean Davis show. It's up now on War on Anchor and on uh, Dean Davis SoundCloud. You can listen to that now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it, man. We'll, uh, we'll holler at you again next, next week. And, uh, in the meantime, just, you know, keep it positive, keep building and, uh, bear down.